Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and cryptid podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And I should we should have mentioned this in the beginning of the last episode. I did mention I'm still sick. I'm going to sound sick in the next four episodes because yeah. we're recording four in one day since we had a miss last week and you're gone. Yeah, so, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> so just th- know that I will sound sick in the next four episodes. So. Yep. So... Okay, got that out of the way. Yeah, I didn't even think of mentioning that until right this second. Yeah. Um, so, also, let's talk about Ghost Adventures. I was going to say really we're going to talk about Ghost Adventures. Um, just really quick. I mean, yeah. we don't need to get much into depth, but... Um, we I certainly could, but we don't need to. Just we started watching <laughs> Ghost Adventures for the first time, and it's just, like, so comical. It's, like, the funniest thing. And if you ever need, like, a good laugh, it's not even scary. No, it's not. It's, it's just literally hilarious. hilarious. Like, the dramatics are what get me. Yeah, and I don't know <laughs> when this show started. What year? Do you know? Um, no, but I can look. I keep talking. Um, just because, like, the fashion. <laughs> like, Zach's and like, Hardy tees. Yeah, it's just the funniest thing. It's got to be, like, 2009 or something. But he... It's just, if you ever need a good laugh, I would highly recommend watching it because it's pretty, pretty funny. Um, yeah, uh, you're pretty close. October 17th, 2008. Okay, so yeah. You can tell. And you can tell. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. Um, and it's like, they're so mean to poor Aaron, always making him go to the scariest spots when he doesn't even really want to be there. Or like, they'll be like, here's what our recording caught and we think it sounds like die zach and it'll be like like, (laughs) yeah it does not sound like anything it sounds it's like it sounds like static or like wind yeah or like they dropped the mic yeah it's just (laughs) it's so funny Uh, um i can't wait till you get to my favorite part of that one episode where he trips over where zach trips over a chair and just makes this uh, most uh, ridiculous like yelp noise I yeah. literally watched it like five times in a row and laughed every time. <laughs> I haven't really gotten far into it because I just started it right before I left for my trip. And then I spent the last week after my trip at my parents' house so they could take care of my dog for me. But um, yeah, so I haven't had my own TV. So I'm excited to start watching it I can't this wait. week. I cannot when wait. I work from home. Um, You'll have to text me updates. <laughs> yeah, I will. I think I got maybe like four or five episodes in only, so okay, we'll see. But so I and I started rewatching too because I don't think I've seen all of them. But I need after a certain point, I need to stop watching because I get so pissed off, <laughs> like irritated with the attitudes and like the oh my god, it's a dude. I'm like oh my god, shut the fuck up. Seriously, shut up. Oh, you're so annoying. So I I do hit that point if I watch too many in a row. So I'm taking a little break. And then I'll probably pick it back up again. But I just, I got to the point where they would talk and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. And Interesting. That's when I need to I don't know if step I back. would ever get to that point because I just find it more funny. But yeah, it's maybe, I don't know. I've only watched the show. like a few in a row, so we'll see. But if anyone wants to start watching Ghost Adventures with me. And you're watching it on Discovery Plus, right? Yeah. yeah. Please do. Yep okay it's entertaining for sure now that we got that out of the way danielle's gonna take it from here we are going to illinois for this episode so um 
haunted Illinois starts. We're going to start with Elton, Illinois, which if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know I was there this summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why does that sound familiar? Yeah, that's why. And so I did that episode about the Jesse guy who was from there. Yeah. Because of Tommy asked me to. And so I thought I would cover some of the places that we went. Um, so Elton is known as the most haunted town in Illinois. Elton is situated on the west side of the state. So it's like just north of St. Louis, Missouri, on the other side of the Mississippi River. So you, it's like crossing from here to Wisconsin. You cross the Mississippi River and you're in Missouri or you're in um, St. Louis. Wait, or Illinois. There we go. <laughs> um, so the first place that I want to talk about is the McPike Mansion. Oh, okay. Yep. And Tommy and I went here. I was going to say, I, have a, I think I have a postcard. Yes, you do. Yeah. Tom sent you a postcard from there. Tom sent me a postcard from there and I was literally with him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So McPike Mansion was built in 1869 by Henry Guest McPike and is haunted allegedly by several of the family members and staff. People say that they have seen orbs. People in the background of photos have had things thrown at them, get touched, see flashes of light, and hear voices. Um, when we went, the only place that we could go was in the wine cellar in the basement because the rest of the house is currently condemned by the state oh shit um it's literally like not safe to walk on the floorboards upstairs because the house sat abandoned for a while um the woman who owns it is super cool and i don't remember her name i feel really bad um because she was really nice and they are restoring the building she like bought it on a whim and her husband was like what are you doing? She's oh. like, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to buy it. And she bought it during like an auction. Got it. And so. Could you imagine going to an auction and coming back to the house? No, that'd be Honey, crazy. I bought a mansion. Especially a mansion that's falling apart. Yeah. And known to be haunted. Right. So um, you could go in on the main floor. You could like. So when you'd walk in, there was like a big staircase and that was all blocked off. You couldn't go up there. But then there was, like, a room off to the side that you could kind of, like, peek in and, like, look at. But you couldn't, like, go all the way in there. And then on the other side, there was another room that they were... They had, like, their little... Um, almost like a gift shop. They had shirts and postcards and keychains and prints and whatever. And I almost bought a print because, you know, we, we like to collect art from places we go. But it was, like, mounted weird. So I just couldn't bring myself to buy it. But really cool place. Like absolutely gorgeous even though it's falling apart the outside looks incredible and part of the reason that um it's taking so long to be restored is because it's a historical building so they have to restore it historically oh yeah that's so tough. it's more expensive and it takes more time but so you go around the back of the house um and then you go down the stairs into the cellar and then you go down another set of stairs into the wine cellar and it's like this bricked off domed room and it's probably this isn't gonna help our view listeners at all but it's probably about as long as your house like from the far wall to the front door so maybe what 50 feet ish i, I have no idea ask me. um so it's a big it's a pretty long space it's not super wide but there was like 25 of us and we were comfortable sitting in chairs in there and when we went they like 
turn the light like they had a lantern and they turned the lantern off and we all like sat in the darkness and like you can't it's it's very dark you cannot see your hand in front of your face like it's dark and so we're sitting in there and they had someone doing the I think it's called the Estes method basically what you do is you hook up to a ghost box which you know ghost hunters or ghost adventures uses but you plug that in and to some headphones and so then the noise of that drowns everything out so you can't hear what the questions are and then you just say what you hear oh got it it's supposed to be like a less biased way to like communicate because if i said um how many of us are in the room and you heard four like you're not you wouldn't say oh two because you know what my question oh I you know you. like you yeah. would just say four because you don't know what i asked right so um they set that up i don't remember us getting anything um the guy next to tommy and i um kept claiming that he was hearing things behind him like walking around because he was sitting like on the stairs to like go out but the problem with that is there were some people that were still outside and he I don't think he didn't know that so it could have just been them walking around Tommy and I are both believing skeptics like we're gonna try and debunk everything before we're like oh my god it was a ghost you know and so um this guy kept saying that the temperature was getting colder but like I didn't feel any different and so Tommy had me dig out his uh thermometer he has like one that you just like point and he kept using that every time the dude said that something got colder and nothing ever got colder. Like the temperature stayed consistent. And so when we finally turned the lights back on, nothing had really happened. I saw a flash of light. Um, it was like a orangey, bluey, like it was like a weird, like two different colored light. It was like half a color and half a color. It was weird. And they say that you see those down there, but it could have literally been anything. You know, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in that one. But then I thought Tommy was going to throw down with this guy because this guy was, oh, yeah, it kept getting cold. And Tommy's like, no, it didn't. He's like, I had a thermometer pointed at you the whole time. No, it didn't. And the guy's, well, it, it felt that way. It felt that way. And Tommy's like, no, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> and it was amazing. I had to, like, turn away because I was like, Tommy's going to throw down with this guy. <laughs> um. But then later in the night, Tom and I went back down there by ourselves and he sat on one side and I sat on the other side and then we turned the light off and we were just sitting there and I was like, okay, is there anybody here with us? Can you give us a sign? Um, You know, you can say something, you can touch one of us, like whatever. And we're sitting there and it, so I'm on Tommy's left. So he's off to my right. And from that side of the room, I can kind of see him because we both have, he has like a like a recorder or something. So there's a light that I can see of him. And then I had a GoPro and you know, it's got that big red light on it, which is a lot brighter when it's pitch black. And I'm, you know, just kind of like moving that around just to see whatever I might catch or whatever and all of a sudden like a rock gets thrown and it hits the wall and then it hits the chair and then it like rolls towards me so I was like Tommy did you just fucking throw a rock he was like no and I was like seriously and he was like seriously I was like do you swear that you did not 
because like he's like i think it was you and i was like it was not me it came from your side like it came toward rolling towards me so i don't know what you're talking about and so we got into a little argument about it because he thought i was fucking with him and he i thought he was fucking with me and so we went upstairs and i asked one of the women that works there i was like do things ever get thrown downstairs she was like yeah people have had like rocks thrown and so I like looked at Tom and I was like, see, and he goes, I think she threw it. And I was like, I swear on your parents that I did not throw that. And he goes, oh, shit. Because <laughs> like. I would never invoke that kind of a swear. Yeah, if, no. If I did it, you know. Right. Well, I just don't think like you're not down there to like. He's not down there to screw with you. Or you're not down there to screw with him. No. So. Yeah. And so it was kind of annoying that we were like both arguing with but each I other. But I could also see like. But not believing it because you're like, what the fuck just yeah. happened? Right? Yeah. So that happened with us there. Um, we didn't. There's like a little grave site there that people say they like see lights. We never saw anything at those. Um, I was sure that I was going to like look up at one of these dark, empty windows and see something. But I never did. Thank God, because I might have, like, peed my pants. But um, it was really cool. And then we went on this, like, ghost bus tour the next night. And one of the places that they talked about that I was able to find some good stuff about was the First Unitarian Church. Um, Reverend Philip Mercer was a well-known and respected preacher at the church. He was um, from England and was only 18 when he started preaching at this church in 1934 um it was said that he was like really popular and he would just like stay with families in the area and like one of the places he would go a lot was st louis because it's so close and they had like a bigger like nightlife and he really loved music um so he would like go see the orchestra play a lot and he'd go to plays and whatever and um one day he was just feeling like really off and seemed really off and everyone was like is he sick what's going on but he was like no I'm good I'm just gonna go visit my friend so he went and visited his friend James McKinney and that was the last time that James would see Reverend Mercer because when he went to check on Reverend Mercer James found him hanging in his office oh no um some people say that he was murdered because of how the scene looked like there was like a chair that was tipped over but it was tipped over weird and like how did he get the thing up on his own like the he like used um one of the curtains i think to hang himself like he like twisted it and then uh, allegedly hang himself so he's hung with that and like just things didn't seem quite right so people are like well did he run afoul of somebody and then they like did this um but since that happened um people have reported seeing shadows hearing voices feeling unwelcome in the church doors have been known to open and close themselves and people report hearing the church piano play on its own one of the women that we were there with um she yes did you get off the bus and like go in these places we didn't go into the church um i don't think they really want to like do that with a ton of people the one place that we did get off though was like in the bottom of what's now an apartment building it used to be a house um and missouri was a slave state and illinois was not so they're since they're right across the border from each other escaped slaves would come and at the at the in the basement of this house now apartment building there is like a little tunnel where they would hide 
runaway slaves interesting and so we got to go into that which was really cool yeah um the my biggest issue with this whole ghost experience that tommy and i did was that there were too many people it was like 35 people to 25 people at mcpike and like that's just too many people you can't really experience anything because it could be someone shuffling their feet or you know someone breathing heavily so it was just kind of like I would love to go back when it's not during this big convention thing and like do these places again yeah um because it was really cool and I really enjoyed it um I was just curious if you were able to actually go into these this church or not we didn't go into the church we did go into the hotel um which I actually don't talk about um uh ghost adventures goes there so they go to alton illinois and they go they go to mcpike and they go to the hotel and one of their crew gets possessed allegedly you know how i feel about that um but so in the church this woman that we were talking to said that she had been running a tour and um it was just her the person she runs the tours with and his son left in the building. And if you, maybe she worked there. I don't remember. I don't remember how we got on this topic with this woman, but it was really fascinating because she was telling us like, oh yeah, we, you know, we had this experience where we were just sitting in the sanctuary and we kept seeing this figure like lean into the doorway. Like, oh, you're still here. Oh. Oh my God, you're still here. And like, we just felt like, okay, we need to get out because it's getting pissed. Like it wants us to go. Yeah. Um, and then she said another time they were trying to get in or someone was trying to get in or out of the building and like the door kept locking or unlocking on them. So they would like go in and then they'd shut the door behind them and then they'd try to leave and the door would be locked. And so they'd go grab the key and they'd come back and the door would be unlocked. So it was just like this weird locking and unlocking of the doors. So they think it's the Reverend? Yep. They think it's Reverend Mercer. Um, because that's the only like death that they have at the location i personally feel like a lot of churches are probably haunted i kind of feel like that too but i don't know why um i definitely feel like the church that we went to growing up is haunted maybe um but why is your like why do you think that do you think it's like from my experience at our church no i mean like or why just do you in think general churches in general um i think because it's a holy place so people feel people safe there go there yeah and so like if you feel safe somewhere and all of a sudden you have died in a tragic way where you want to go somewhere safe right yeah so like your home might not necessarily be the safest place for you it might you might feel safer at a church i could see that so that's just a a thought but i just got weird feelings when i was the only one in the building at our church when i worked there it was like mm -mm. i like would would not look down certain hallways when i was leaving i'd be like out the doors so um okay the second city that i hit was second city chicago right um i mean you can't talk about illinois and not talk about chicago right right. um i have let's see i think it's three locations here i'm so sorry no you're good so i have three locations in chicago one of them i think you've been to because i certainly have is it the space place no darn (laughs) <laughs> are you thinking adler yeah yeah no it's not adler um i've just sneezed so if i stop all of a sudden it's because i'm gonna sneeze 
So the first one is, is a museum. It's the Museum of Science and Industry. Um, there is reportedly a World War II era commander of a German U-boat. You know what a German U-boat is, right? Yeah. So they have the U-boat there. Oh, that's why. Yes. And so... Oh, that's cool. I wish I would have known that. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, oh, well, now I need to go back to Chicago so that I can go to these cool places. Um, so this U-boat has um, this commander that allegedly shot himself on the boat because um, he thought that his crew was going to get caught. And so rather than give up like secrets and stuff, he um, shot himself and people claim that they hear muffled voices coming from the boat they hear footsteps and sometimes see feet because you can like go into it and like oh no thanks i don't know i know i mean cool but like i don't know yeah i i think it would be claustrophobic yeah that's the thing and like also just like bad vibes right like right. I get bad vibes just thinking about it. Right? That's that's how I feel about Pearl Harbor. I get such terror thinking about going to Pearl Harbor. It scares the hell out of me and I don't know why. We got lucky the one time we tried to go. Two times. <laughs> you tried to go twice? We've tried to go twice. Oh, and really? both times we have not been able to go. With John and without. Oh, yeah. One was during the the tsunami or whatever where it just kept raining. That trip. Yeah. Well, because I remember we like went there and like we watched the whole video and then we were about to go out and it was like storming too bad. Yeah, and that was that trip. And then the second trip with John. Was it just because it was like in two hours to even get to Pearl Harbor? Yeah, I think so. Like Uber, the Uber drivers were telling us that it was just like insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I've lucked out twice. Uh, I flat out told mom I am not getting on that boat the first time we were there. And I was like maybe 15 she was like, you love history. What is your deal? I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to lose my mind if I have to go out there. It scares the shit out of me. Yeah, it is weird. I don't know why. It's like, if I, I don't know if I believe in past lives, but if I believed in past lives, I would say maybe I died there. Oh. Because it, it scares me that bad. Huh. I can't do it. I'm getting panicky thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, move on. Okay. Yeah, we got to move on. Um, okay, so um, a lawyer, Clarence Darrow who defended murderers Richard Loeb and Nathan Leopold, who I have decided I'm going to be doing a story on now because apparently they're a big deal. I have no idea. I've never heard of them. Have you heard of either? Leopold sounds familiar for some reason. Right. But I don't know why. Um, Okay, so he has been seen sitting on the steps of the museum as well as wandering through it. Um, His ashes were reportedly scattered at a park nearby. Okay. So people think he just kind of like chill in there um extreme cold spots have been reported as well as lights that go out without any explanation like they'll put in a brand new bulb and all of a sudden the bulb is burnt out like a day later which doesn't make any sense um doors close on their own alarms often go off for no reason um half formed silhouettes appear in photos people report being touched watched and followed by unseen people Another crazy name that we both know, because I covered him, H.H. Holmes. Yep. May have been spotted near yesterday's Main Street, which is a recreation of a 1900s road. So it has like, it's inside the the building, I think. Why have we never gone here? I don't know. It sounds so cool. Yeah. So I'm like, we have completely missed out. Right. Um... 
but they they see this dark figure wearing like a bowler hat with a mustache and that that's like he wore a dark coat bowler hat mustache um and gives off really menacing vibes which yes absolutely um and then the other big one is the pioneer zephyr train and it has had reports of people hearing music laughter and feeling of someone brushing past them while they are on the train because it's another thing that you can like go on it and like look around and walk around and so they'll they'll be like walking and you'll hear like the sound of a party happening like old time music and talking and laughter and then you open the door and there's like nothing there so I'm a little skeptical of that one because it would be very easy for the museum to set up speaker yes yeah so I don't know about that one because it would be shady for them to do that and be like oh no we don't do that you know that'd be kind of shady but like could it happen yes um the next place is one that I think you might have been to it's 875 North Michigan Avenue formerly known as the John Hancock Center is that the big building yes with the bar on top he was that the one where you like go up and it's is it the tallest one it it used to be used to one be. of the tallest it's like number five in chicago i think i think i might have been there it, and it's kind of like weird shaped it's almost like triangular shaped it's not like straight up i can't I honestly you'll have you'll have to look up a picture later yeah um but they have this big bar at the top in this bathroom with like these huge windows in the bathroom and so you get a beautiful view of the city my oh, friends and i went in when we went to go see it and i had no idea it was like we went to the bar right and I had no idea it was haunted. Um, but so built in 1969, the John Hancock Center was once the second tallest building in the world. It is now number five tallest in Chicago and 13th tallest in the country. People report hearing voices and seeing shadows in the upper floors. Others have reported feeling uneasy, feeling bizarre, not feeling themselves or even feeling possessed when they enter the building. Um none of us experienced any of those kind of feelings um and one of my friends that I went with is very sensitive so they didn't report anything but who knows um I didn't ask so you know um there have been several deaths at the building and people think that these deaths are due to Cap Streeter's curse so another curse and I have the history of that curse because I found it kind of fascinating okay so Cap Streeter had been a Civil War veteran who was running a steamship when a storm blew him into a sandbar off the shore of Chicago. He claimed the land around the sandbar and called it the Independent District of Lake Michigan. As more companies continued to dump more sand, silt, and rubble and other backfill in the area, it made solid ground, eventually becoming 186 acres that Cap Streeter made into lots and began selling and taking taxes for. Okay. So he was like claiming Claimed this was it. his land. Yeah. Um, the area began or became known as Streeterville and Cap Streeter built a home on the location where the John Hancock building would one day sit. Unfortunately, Cap Streeter didn't own a damn thing. Right. No surprise. No. The land was owned by the Lincoln Park Board. They had plans to build um, some buildings and some houses on like not houses houses but like living areas apartment buildings that's what they're called oh my god (laughs) um 
And so they started to petition um, to get the squatters, in their opinion, tenants in Cap Streeter's opinion, uh, removed from the area. Cap Streeter defended his claim using a forged land title, a very outdated map, and uh, some bullets. So that's a great plan. Um, and after being charged for fraud in 1902, th- um, the case was event- ultimately dropped, and he was able to go back to his home. Um, the batter... F- Battle for Streeterville continued until 1918, so that's 16 years. Damn. Yeah. it's a long time. Right. Um, He was finally evicted, as well as his quote-unquote tenants, Um, and his home was burnt to the ground. Cap Streeter then moved to a houseboat off of Navy Pier, where he lived for three years before dying. On his deathbed, he is claimed to have said, I curse ye all. So... Fast forward to 1971. On August 12th, Lorraine Kowalski, who lived with her boyfriend on the 90th floor of the John Hancock Center, arrived home around 3.30 a.m. after a night out with a friend. Her boyfriend, Marshall, returned a few minutes later from a dinner with another woman, which I don't know if he was, like, cheating or if it was, like, a friend of his or something. It just said another woman. Okay. Um, And they got into a fight. In the middle of it, Marshall was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm... I'm going to just walk away. So he goes into the bathroom. When he comes back out at 4.10 in the morning, Lorraine was gone and the bedroom window had been completely shattered. He calls police and Lorraine was found on the ground outside the building. He, uh, Marshall, claims that Lorraine was threatening suicide and um, therefore no charges were filed. The weird thing that no one could figure out though was how Lorraine was able to break the window um because it's so high and it's in Chicago they're windproof right which means they are double paned and capable of withstanding 280 pounds of pressure per square inch damn so each square inch if you hit it with uh, anything other than 280 pounds of force you're not breaking it right and Lorraine was allegedly a very small woman weighing around 130 pounds So how did she manage to break this window on her own? Great question. Uh, Especially when she was also drunk. So unless she suddenly became Superman, it seems a little suspicious to me. Um, To this day, people claim that they see the shadowy figure of Lorraine going back into her and Marshall's apartment. In 1975, a local radio station employee fell from the 97th floor, and then three months later, a student fell from his 91st floor apartment. How are all these people? I don't know. The local radio one, the article I read literally said it was not out of a window. So I don't know how else you would fall. Is there any balconies? I don't, from what I remember, no. And from pictures, I don't remember seeing any balconies. Interesting. So I'm wondering if like maybe they were on like the fire escape because like smoking was a lot more prevalent back then. So maybe they would just like go outside to smoke and mm. something happened. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Um, in 1978, a woman shot her man in her apartment on the 65th floor. Um, in 2002, some scaffolding on the 43rd floor fell suddenly landing on 11 people um, on the ground. Three people were killed Yikes. and one of the most pro- high profile deaths was the one of chris farley 
Do you know Chris Farley? The comedy legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He In lived, a van down by the river? Yep. Is that him? Yeah. He lived there and was found on in his 60th floor apartment after dying from a drug overdose. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Um, recently, there was just an article from Chris Rock where um, he was really, really good friends with Chris Farley. And he said that he had visited Chris Farley at, at this apartment and he had turned back around and could see Chris like waving from his window. Like he like looked up and oh, see yeah. him. And he said, I thought to myself, this is the last time I'll see him. And it wasn't, but it was like the last time they like hung out. That's sad. I know. Isn't that just heartbreaking? Yeah. So um, are all these deaths due to Cap Streeter's curse? We'll never know. But it does seem like some really weird. I just feel like it's an old building. And obviously, like a lot of people are going to die there. Cause yeah. People and it's there. a huge building. Yeah. So the chances are pretty high um but victims of these accidents are assumed to be some of the spirits that have been wandering in the building so who knows our third location um in chicago is the tonic room the tonic room dates back to the 1920s and once was an allegedly a favorite place for the irish mob to hang out it also reportedly hosted a brothel which i don't know is the correct word anymore is i don't think i don't i haven't seen any other i think that's i feel like it still still. is yeah um my apologies if it's not because i'm i'm gonna say it in my next episode okay so so for wrong sorry please let us know nicely because we didn't mean anything by it we just didn't know um most sightings have been seen in the bar and basement area of the tonic room um and during a more recent renovation of the building the current owners found a pentagram painted on the floor of the basement and there were some egyptian symbols on the ceiling it is said the location was the meeting place for the golden dawn a organization that was devoted to the occult sounds like an episode we can i was do. gonna say which also sounds like an episode i want to do um in the 1930s it was said that like a woman a woman was talking about like the things that she had experienced because she was like kind of a member but not really a member um and in the 30s she said that she witnessed a ritual murder there so that could be why people experience like seeing people in the bar or hearing things or being touched or whatever um and i just thought that was interesting there there wasn't a ton of information on that one um i have two more places but neither of them are in chicago so Greenwood Cemetery is in Decatur, and I think that one was northeast Illinois. Um, or no, sorry, southeast, because my other one's in the north. Um, there is a some the cemetery has um a chair called the Devil's Chair. If you sit on it, you can make a deal with the devil, and we'll get anything you want for the next seven years. Only seven? Are you tempted? No. Good, because uh, after those seven years, uh, you better be ready to pay up with your soul. Yeah. So basically, you'll die. You got really good seven years, and then you're just done? Yeah. So here's what I would do. I have terminal cancer. (laughs) I would sit on the chair, make the deal, and then be like, ha ha, I'm not even going to make it seven years. Bye. (laughs) Is there like a loophole? That would be my loophole. (laughs) It feels like the devil went down to Georgia, you know, the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my my loophole right there. 
Um, the Greenwood Bride is a weeping ghost who haunts um, the Barackman Steps at the cemetery, which I just assume is like what they call those stairs. Um, by this, I'm assuming it's by the Civil War section. Um, it's said that the Civil War section is the most active area, but I couldn't find why. Like what people see, it just everything just said the Civil War section is the most active section. I even have in here look for more, and then I never found more. Okay. Um, and then ghost lights have also been seen on the southern edge of the cemetery. These are said to be lost souls looking for where their bodies are now buried. And my final location in Illinois is Woodstock Opera House in Woodstock. The Woodstock Opera House is a beautiful Victorian building built in um, 1889. Um, it's in northern Illinois. It was built to hold the library, council room, court justice, or justice court, sorry, um, fire department, and an auditorium. The first performance at the auditorium was September 4th, 1890. Um, another famous face pops in here. Do you know Orson Welles? Sounds familiar. He's the one that did War of the Worlds, the radio show where it was put on like... Um, a real thing was happening. So they put on this show and didn't say it was a show, but it was like, there's an alien invasion and they were like, this is Todd Melbourne at the site of the crash. Something is coming out of the thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's actually, it's on YouTube. It's very, very fascinating. I highly recommend listening to it. Okay. Um, people literally like thought it was real and lost their minds. Like some people were like, they were calling the police and being like, Oh my God, what, what do we do? And like some people were contemplating suicide to like protect themselves from these aliens and like, shit went crazy and they had to like put out a big thing being like this is not real um but it's it's incredibly well done it's very very cool so i would recommend listening to that on um youtube um but he performed during a six-week summer theater festival in 1931 and then in 2013 the stage was dedicated to wells during the 80th anniversary celebration of that summer theater festival they have not been doing it for 80 years. They just are celebrating the anniversary. Um, they have a resident ghost there named Elvira. Um, Elvira was a young woman who was once an actress at the theater and had dreams of making it big. Unfortunately, when she wasn't picked for the lead part um, of a ballet that they were performing there, she died by suicide, jumping from the top of the building. Um this is still to this day the tallest building in um, Woodstock, and it has this really big, tall spear, like almost like a clock tower. Uh-huh. And she like went up there and unfortunately jumped. Um, today, people see her, a young woman with long blonde hair, in the auditorium, and they always leave seat DD one thirteen um, in the balcony open for her. People say that they have seen the spring loaded seat like move down like someone has sat in it and like if it's a spring-loaded seat obviously it's not going to do that on its own right um and then people often hear like sighs coming from that spot so like she's enjoying the show or like you know she's just sitting up there reminiscing or whatever um props will sometimes disappear from the stage or are knocked over on stage so like a couple be sitting on a table 
and it'll just like fly off the table for no reason. Um, and then Elvira has also been spotted walking around the opera house and has been seen from the window, like in the windows from outside. So if you had to be forced to go to any of those places, where do you think you'd go? The John Hancock building. Because <laughs> you've already been there. So probably. Go to the bar. <laughs> um, I think I want to go to the Science Museum of Science and oh, Industry. Yeah. I think that would be super cool. Yeah. But you and I are, are history people. Nurse, so yeah. we would enjoy that regardless um the opera house is is actually very beautiful the pictures were all right i have a lot of sources so my sources were riversandroots.com um wop it tr- it itty wapity i don't know w-a-p-i-t-i-t tra- so travel i don't know how to say that super sorry um, choose chicago.com only in your state.com ghost city tours.com. And, um, I watched a couple of videos or I watched a video on YouTube by shoot. I was going to name him, but it's going to start talking. Don't talk. Um, it was by the speakeasy. <laughs> me. There's a sneeze there it is. Back I've been waiting. <laughs> so yeah, those are my sources. Cool. Um, I knew Chicago would be a good one. Yeah. Obviously. I'm sure there's a lot more, but those were just the ones that I was like, ooh, this sounds interesting. Yeah. So. Um, you may need to help me with socials. Just, I don't. It's okay. A little foggy still. Yeah. That's okay. Um, so our socials are mwmadnesspodcast at gmail, and that is also our Instagram, and then Midwest Madness Podcast Facebook group. Cool um great well <laughs> i guess that is all this is a little longer one so i hope you yes, guys enjoyed sorry i think my personal experiences made it kind of long yeah but that's okay um but we will talk to you guys next week bye